because we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty holiday greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 28th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off in Cameroon, where football legend Samuel Eto'o is being graded after one year in charge of the country's football federation, Fecafoot. Eto'o is described by his country's football fans as a revolutionary leader. Among his achievements is the institution of at least $100 as monthly pay for players in local championships. Despite the achievements, the 41-year-old Eto is accused of being highly dictatorial. Moki Edwin Kinsaka reports from Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé. Hundreds of fans applaud as Cameroon's football legend Samuel Eto Fis announces that all local games, including league matches, will henceforth be broadcast live on local radio and TV stations. Eto says he wants the world to know that Cameroon football has greatly improved since he became president of the Federation of Cameroon Football Fekafoot in December 2021. He says besides the satisfaction he derives from Cameroon's participation at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, he is particularly delighted over the calm, serenity, and transparent management of resources and personnel at the Cameroon Football Federation, FECAFOOT. He says he will give visibility to Cameroon's football through live broadcasts of matches by local media. Eto says he is at the service of 17 million Cameroonians and that he is happy that he appointed Rigobert Song Bahana a Cameroonian former player as head coach of the country's national soccer team, the Indomitable Lions. The former Barcelona and Inter Milan star, prior to his election, promised to transform Cameroon football and give players, coaches and other key actors rightful places. He promised to fight corruption, he said, was rocking Cameroon's football administration with players paying a bribe to play in the country's top clubs and the national team, the Indomitable Lions. Ramon Elume, a Yaoundé-based football analyst, says Eto's first achievement is that he stopped the division that rocked Cameroon football by negotiating an end to cases filed over the legitimacy of the president of Fekafoot. At the level of the Court of Appeal of Sport or at the level of the Swiss Federal Tribunal, he has been able to put these warring factions to rest. The players are quite happy, given that Fekafoot has set rules as to how they should get paid, when they should get paid. Elume said Cameroon now has over a thousand youth football clubs. Players in local championships receive monthly salaries of at least $50. Before Eto's arrival, Clubs paid only victory bonuses of about $10 to players after matches. Cameroon's Ministry of Sports accused Fekafoot's executive before Samuel Eto'o of shabby treatment given players. 
Cameroon said at least 300 football players had left the country in search of better contracts in Europe and some parts of Africa. Former Victorine, a former football player and coach, credits Eto for making women to have interest in football. One of those great decisions it took for female football was to appoint technical directors in charge of female football alone, giving an opportunity for women to be able to express themselves. This is going a long way to empower more parents to allow young girls to play football. Cameroon with Eto as Football Federation President successfully hosted the African Cup of Nations from January 9 to February 6. Cameroon had been stripped of the right to host the tournament in 2019 because of delays in preparation and security concerns. Fans say Eto has ignited the love of football among school children. Imagine what does he do? He finds out Kellan. Kellan! An immediate shot uh, reminiscent of Rafael Leao. This commentary blasts through speakers in a soccer encounter between two classes of the same school with over 500 spectators. Youths say Eto promised to scout and detect players from early ages. But the football star is accused of single-handedly taking decisions. Elume says Eto never consults other members of the executive bureau of Fekafoot. In most of his speeches, uh, we have the use of I more than the use of we about decision-making, about leadership. But I think uh, Samuel Eto is trying as much as possible uh, to adapt to the uh, leadership balance. Eto promised to construct 10 football stadiums across the country in the next four years. None has been constructed a year into his leadership at the football governing body. For the sunny side of sports, Amoki Edwin Kinzuka in Yaoundé, Cameroon. Thanks, Moki! Holiday greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young. As we approach the end of 2022, VOA wants to give you, our loyal listeners, the opportunity to wish your loved ones a happy new year. Call us on our WhatsApp number, 202-258-3076. Leave a brief message and listen for it right here on VOA. The number again, 202-258-3076. Let VOA help you bring cheer and blessings to friends and family by just calling 202-258-3076. And on that note, I'd like to send good cheer and blessings to all our sunny side of sports listeners for the new year ahead. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle 
is at VOA Sunny Sports. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. September was a sad month for tennis fans. Two of the sport's all-time greats, Roger Federer and Serena Williams, both announced their retirements. Between them, Roger and Serena won 43 Grand Slam singles titles, Roger 20 and Serena 23. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, let's listen to Roger Federer's retirement announcement. To my tennis family and beyond, of all the gifts that tennis has given me over the years, the greatest, without a doubt, has been the people I've met along the way. My friends, my competitors, and most of all, the fans who give the sport its life. Today, I want to share some news with all of you. As many of you know, the past three years have presented me with challenges in the form of injuries and surgeries. I've worked hard to return to full competitive form, but I also know my body's capacities and limits and its message to me lately has been clear. I am 41 years old. I've played more than 1,500 matches over 24 years. Tennis has treated me more generously than I ever would have dreamt. And now I must recognize when it is time to end my competitive career. I will play more tennis in the future, of course, but just not in Grand Slams or on the tour. This is a bittersweet decision because I will miss everything the tour has given me. But at the same time, there is so much to celebrate. I consider myself one of the most fortunate people on earth. I was given a special talent to play tennis, and I did it at a level that I never imagined for much longer than I ever thought possible. I would like to especially thank my amazing wife, Mirka, who has lived through every minute with me. She has warmed me up before finals, watched countless matches even while over eight months pregnant, and has endured my goofy side on the road with my team for over 20 years. I also want to thank my four wonderful children for supporting me, always eager to explore new places and creating wonderful memories along the way. Seeing my family cheering me on from the stands is a feeling I will cherish forever. I would also like to thank and recognize my loving parents, my dear sister, without whom nothing would be possible. A big thank you to all my former coaches who always guided me in the right direction. You have been wonderful. And to Swiss Tennis, who believed in me as a young player and gave me an ideal start. I really want to thank and acknowledge my amazing team. Ivan, Danny, Roland, and particularly Seve and Pierre, who have given me the best advice and have always been there for me. Also, Tony, for creatively managing my business for over 17 years. You are all incredible, and I've loved every minute with you. I want to thank my loyal sponsors who are really like partners to me, and the hardworking teams and tournaments on the ATP Tour who consistently welcomed all of us with kindness and hospitality. I would also like to thank my competitors on the court. I was lucky enough to play so many epic matches that I will never forget. We battled fairly, with passion and intensity, and I always tried my best to respect the history of the game. I feel extremely grateful. We pushed each other, and together we took tennis to new levels. Above all, I must offer a special thank you to my unbelievable fans. 
You will never know how much strength and belief you have given me. The inspiring feeling of walking into full stadiums and arenas has been one of the huge thrills in my life. Without you, those successes would have felt lonely rather than filled with joy and energy. The last 24 years on tour have been an incredible adventure. While it sometimes feels like it went by in 24 hours, it has also been so deep and magical that it seems as if I've already lived a full lifetime. I've had the immense fortune to play in front of you in over 40 different countries. I have laughed and cried, felt joy and pain, and most of all, I have felt incredibly alive. Through my travels, I've met many wonderful people who will remain friends for life, who consistently took time out of their busy schedules to come and watch me play and cheer me on around the globe. Thank you. When my love of tennis started, I was a ball kid in my hometown of Basel. I used to watch the players with a sense of wonder. They were like giants to me, and I began to dream. My dreams led me to work harder, and I started to believe in myself. Some success brought me confidence, and I was on my way to the most amazing journey that has led to this day. So I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart to everyone around the world who has helped make the dreams of a young Swiss ball kid come true. Finally, to the game of tennis, I love you. And we'll never leave you. Roger Federer won five of his 20 Grand Slam singles titles at the U.S. Open in New York. Not far from that venue are some less glamorous tennis courts where African-American players have developed their skills. Aaron Raynan reports from New York City. For three weeks every summer, the elite tennis world gathers in Flushing, New York for the U.S. Open. A few miles away stand the Lincoln Terrace Park tennis courts, where players, most of them African-American, have built their skills in the shadow of one of the sport's four Grand Slam tournaments. Since the 1960s, these 11 courts have offered a sanctuary from racism and an opportunity for African-Americans to build a community of tennis enthusiasts. This is a social community, so we like to talk. And we brought food, and we sit over there on the bleachers, and we socialize, and we play tennis. To me, this is home. Well, I've been coming here for a few years now, and I think I just love the community. I love being able to see people that look like me. Like, representation is great. These players compete on rugged courts with a subway train line that runs right alongside it, challenging the concentration of any competitor. On a recent Saturday afternoon, a dozen people were hitting balls in the hot sun. Before I was born, these courts were here. It's like a stable of the, of the neighborhood. And I guess we're that back in the days before my time and when I was younger, this was one of the places that a lot of African-Americans can play and feel safe without being discriminated. It is tennis communities like this that were inspired more than a half century ago by some of the earliest African-American tennis champions, including the 1957 U.S. Open champion, Althea Gibson. Althea and Arthur Ashe. Althea actually first, because she was before Arthur Ashe, and they opened up the tennis world to, to, to let blacks know that this is you can do this from them came serena and venus 
and Althea Gibson's success has opened up doors for the Lincoln Terrace Tennis Academy to open up opportunities for African-American youth, but more importantly for them to see this as a possibility for a career path. Many also credit Serena and Venus Williams for keeping the balls bouncing at these courts. I believe, yes, before Serena and Venus, this place existed. It was always great, but with them being in the picture of becoming great tennis players, it also helped this neighborhood and the tennis community, both her and her sister, help popularize tennis and took it to another level. One wonders if the next African-American tennis superstar may already be practicing here at Lincoln Terrace Park Tennis Courts. Aaron Raynan for VOA News, New York City. Hi, I'm Francis Tiafo. You're listening to Sunny Side of Sports on Voice of America. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. That's Heather Maxwell the host of Music Time in Africa, the voice of America's longest-running English-language program. That's right, as the VOA approaches its 81st year of broadcasting, this historical note, Music Time in Africa, was founded in 1965 by the late, great, Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian. And Heather Maxwell has certainly done a wonderful job succeeding Leo Sarkeesian. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In early 2022, Pickleball was officially named the fastest-growing sport here in the USA. The tennis-like sport grew nearly 40% between 2019 and 2021, and the sport's legion of fans continued to grow in 2022. VOA's Gwen Uden explains what's behind the pickleball craze. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Despite its funny name, pickleball is reportedly the fastest growing sport in the United States. And the number of Americans who play the game has doubled to more than 4 million in the past five years. Sonny Tannen is a pickleball coach and USA ambassador for the sport. He explains to Reuters News why pickleball is experiencing a boom in the U.S. and a 
across the globe. Pickleball, basically, the number one thing about it, it's probably the most fun and social sport that you can ever play. It's the one rare sport that you can have every age, every generation, every background, ethnicity. It doesn't matter where you come, walk of life, pick up this sport, and you can be just have a you can have a good time at it you can be good or you can just be a recreational player uh so i think where's the sport going i think the more people that start to pick it up and the more that you start to share it with your friends i think more and more people are going to start playing it pickleball was invented in the united states in 1965 by the fathers of three household families who named the game after a family dog pickles the game is played with a paddle and a plastic ball with holes and is a cross between ping pong, tennis, and badminton. Four pickleball courts can fit in the space of one tennis court, and beginners can quickly learn how to call the shots. And devotees like 26-year-old William Shin, 70-year-old Gary Lieberman, 53-year-old Marnie Brown, and 54-year-old Cheryl Sun say pickleball is more than just a sport. It's a lifestyle. You know, I told myself, you know, I'm going to first start out with pickleball and then I'll transition back to tennis since I since I haven't played tennis for such a long time. But, you know, ever since then, I've only stuck with pickleball and I've completely ditched tennis. I am a golfer, but uh, but I sometimes now make make excuses why I can't make it to the golf course because I don't want to miss a, a day of pickleball. I play almost every day. I found a community here and started playing, and it was um, kept me from day drinking. So it was a really fun community, and I've met so many interesting people. And every day I play, I meet somebody new, and I feel like it's been a, a just a really special part of my life now. Well, when I play, I feel like I'm on vacation. That's really what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is my vacation every day. Older players are also attracted to pickleball because it's easy on the body. But the sport has garnered interest among young athletes, too. 23-year-old Ben Johns is a professional pickleball player who is ranked number one in the world. And he says those who come to play are from all ages and backgrounds. Uh, you know, I think more than anything, it's going to be known in the future as kind of the sport for anybody and everybody. Uh, I've just seen so many different types of demographics. Play. It doesn't matter what your age is, guy, girl, what you do, your sport background, no sport background. Pretty much anybody can go out there and have fun immediately and, and play with each other on, like, same even ground, basically. So it's the first sport I've seen, whereas it's not just a spectator sport like football or something like that. It's something that everybody wants to play and they want to watch it because they love playing it. According to USA Pickleball, the country is struggling to keep up with high demand. So as the sport continues to gain momentum, Sonny Tannen says he won't be surprised if pickleball one day surpasses tennis in popularity. It's not a pressure to compete at the level of tennis, and you have to go become a superstar. Pickleball is very much about community and social. So do I see it overtaking tennis? I think it's just another racket sport that's out there. And yeah, maybe in popularity, it will take over tennis at some point. But remember, it comes back to business also. Is it the business of driving revenue, or is it the business of finding something that you can do that gives you you know, hope and inspiration and enjoyment, basically, to play this sport? And I think that's what pickleball is. 
Pickleball is also growing as a spectator sport that's increasingly attracting corporate sponsorships. Hundreds of pickleball tournaments are popping up across the United States, and as international participation grows, organizers plan to bid for the sport's inclusion in a future Olympic Games. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. In pro basketball, the 23-year-old Slovenian Luka Doncic has turned in what's being described as the most remarkable performance of his young NBA career. And in the process, Luka's tremendous triple-double led the Dallas Mavericks to a big overtime victory against the visiting New York Knicks. The AP's David Schuster reports. A huge night in the NBA Tuesday highlighted by an amazing performance from Luka Doncic, who scored a career and franchise-high 60 points as Dallas rallied to beat New York 126-121. Doncic also had 21 rebounds and 10 assists for his coach, Jason Kidd. He's special. You know, the history of the game is written by the players, and that was written again tonight uh, for, for a player, Luca, um, doing something that's never been done before. Elsewhere, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 77 points as Boston defeated Houston, Brown scoring 39. I think we've just getting gotten better with experience. Um, I think uh, Jason's playing, you know, at all-time best level for him, and, and we're just coming out and just playing, being aggressive. In Orlando, Russell Westbrook had a triple-double as the Lakers defeated the Magic. I'm a hooper. I can do anything, anytime, anywhere. Um, whatever is asking me, that's what I'll do, and I'll continue doing that until further notice. And in Memphis, Phoenix defeated the Grizzlies 125-108 with Denny Cap reporting. Dwayne Washington Jr. led eight Suns in double figures with a career-high 26 to help the shorthanded Suns improve to 20-15. and 15. Playing without Devin Booker and Landry Shamit, Phoenix caught fire early, taking a 16-point lead into the half, pushing it out to as many as 25 in the fourth. John Morant scored a game-high 34 for the Grizzlies, who fell for the fourth time in the last five games and dropped to 20-13. and 13. And in pro football, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. Watt, announces retirement at season's end. I'm David Schuster. Thanks, David. Getting back to Luka Doncic and his 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double. It's the first time in NBA history that a player has tallied 60 points and 20 rebounds on their way to a triple-double. Luca is now the third player in NBA history with 50 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists in a game, joining Hall of Famers Wilt Chamberlain, who did it in 1963 and 1968, and Elgin Baylor, who reached that mark in 1961. Mark Cuban. You might know him if you watch the show Shark Tank. Mark is also the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He tweeted, We are watching greatness in Luka Doncic. I've never seen anything like that ever. As we approach the end of year 2022, VOA wants to give you, our loyal listeners, the opportunity to wish your loved ones a Happy New Year. 
Call us on our WhatsApp number 202-258-3076. Leave a brief message and listen for it right here on VOA. The number again is 202-258-3076. Let VOA help you bring cheers and blessings to friends and family by just calling 28th edition of the show. I get it. Thank you for tuning in. I want to wish all our sunny side of sports listeners a happy and fulfilling new year. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs> <laughs>